1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. From the Chicago 13 on
0: third and five. Cousins throwing for Jefferson. Got it. Touchdown, Vikings. And here comes the dance.
1: Justin showing off the gritty.
0: This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL.
1: Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Tuesday. Lots to get into. We'll get into a little college football in a little bit. Coach of the year, odds in the NFL. But right now we're going to the Roman guest line of our favorites. Paul Charchian joins us, chief execution officer at the guillotine leagues. We'll get to that in a minute. But, Charge, welcome back to the show. It is almost football season. Some players are in camp, rookies, about a week away from everybody. But we're, we're ready now. We're talking some odds for the NFL for this coming season. And, Charge, let's talk about the Offensive Player of the Year. Interesting market this year. We kind of look at some of the odds and the players. What stands out to you? What names are on, on the top of your mind? We heard the cut coming in of Justin Jefferson of the Vikings. Obviously yeah. someone on top of everyone's mind right now. What, what do you think an Offensive Player of the Year for 2022?
2: You know, you were just talking MVP last segment. And I think first you gotta start with the distinction between MVP and Offensive Player of the Year because the key distinction here, MVP is a quarterback's award almost always. Mm-hmm. And Offensive Player of the Year is usually a running backs award. And running backs have won over half of the Offensive Player of the Year award since going all the way back to 1996. Now, what's fascinating is two of the last three years, wide receivers have won Offensive Player of the Year. But that's the only two in the last 26 years have wide receivers. And it was Michael Thomas and Cooper Cup, and they had gigantic seasons. For Michael Thomas, 15, uh, 150 receptions, 1,700 yards. Cup, almost the exact same numbers, 100, 145 receptions, almost 2,000 yards. Um, and to get to those kind of numbers for Justin Jefferson, I'm here in Minnesota, you know. He'd have to stay healthy, obviously, but you also need Kirk to stay healthy. And I think this is why wide receivers are a bad bet for Offensive Player of the Year. You're banking on not just the receiver being at an extraordinary level, but also you're betting on the health of the quarterback who also has to to play at a really, really high level. And that's why I think you don't get wide receivers that hit this very often. And it's why I wouldn't bet Justin Jefferson. I I think you need to be – the Vikings have to be like in a 12-win category, which is – the average for Offensive Player of the Year is 12 wins. Vikings have to get to that. Their line's nine. And he's got to be a total workhorse. You may need you may need Adam Thielen to get an injury on top of everything else. So I I don't love Justin Jefferson for Offensive Player of the Year, even though I, I love the player.
0: So, Paul, are you telling us that for Offensive Player of the Year, we should look quarterback? Because maybe this since the MVP's quarterback award, maybe they're going to more consistently give the second best quarterback if they... Possibly could deserve the MVP, or would, would you just maybe put some money on a couple of running backs?
2: I would go running backs. Um, and I, and I wouldn't, In fact, you, know, you look at the odds. that People bet down quarterbacks a lot, and I, I worry that people may maybe out of confusion with MVP, or maybe they somehow want to double down their bet or whatever, try to get different odds with the quarterback. I go running back here. As I mentioned, over half of the winners since 96 have been running backs, and there's some great value out there. How about Jonathan Taylor at plus 1,000? He meets all the criteria that you need to win this award. He stays healthy. He's a workhorse back. He's a team that can get into the 12-win and range. How about Dalvin Cook if you want a different Viking? You don't love Jefferson. How about Dalvin Cook at plus 3,000? Meets most of those criteria. He stays mostly healthy, Misses usually misses a game or two, but otherwise on a team that might be able to get there. And uh, my favorite long shot is Joe Mixon. Who meets all the criteria as well that we're looking for? Workhorse back, stays healthy. Team should be you know, teams should easily get into that 11 12 win range. But you know, you also look at all the new offensive linemen for them. Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins, the massively improved offensive line. Joe Mixon, plus six thousand for MVP, could lead the league in rushing yards and end up being the MVP. Plus six thousand.
1: Wow, some really good value there. What yeah. about most regular season um, receiving touchdowns, Charge? Cooper Cup obviously led the way last season, but this is kind of intriguing, and you can find some good value here too. Is there anyone that you would be looking at in that market?
2: Yeah, I'd look at Mike Evans. You know, Right now, that whole pa- passing offense has to go through Evans. In fact, I would challenge listeners, name a wide receiver, a healthy wide receiver on the team, outside of Mike Evans, because it's not easy right now this and because of that, and he's always been a goal line guy anyway, you know, the huge body, the ability to box out and is if it's Tom Brady's primary target, that's a great spot to be in. And so, yeah, Mike Evans jumps off the page to me as, as somebody you could target for most touchdowns. If you, if you want to go a little contrarian against Cooper cup, and by the way, you probably should because slot receivers never crush touchdowns. I mean, you know what he did last year is such an anomaly. No way am I chasing that production. I think Mike Evans is a far better bet.
1: All right, let's uh let's go to an area of expertise for you, which is Minnesota and the Vikings. New head coach Kevin O'Connell. Paul, what do you think? We were discussing last segment the idea of Kirk Cousins in the MVP race 50 to 1, if it's yeah. worth the bet or not. There's some buzz forming around the Vikings. Maybe the coaching change could actually spur them forward. I mean, Cousins' numbers are always good, but last year, they just found ways to lose. I mean they lost all those one-score games. Does it go the yes. other way what do you think of the vikings in terms of how good they're going to be and just overall this season with minnesota in that north division
2: yeah i heard a good stat that in you know it's it's a little pie in the sky but it, the vikings where they really collapsed was the two-minute drills at the ends of halves and the ends of games that had they just not given up points at the end within two minutes they'd have been a 15-win team it was the defense that killed them last year not their offense Presumably it gets better, although, you know, Mike Zimmer known as a defensive wizard, but it really didn't play out that way the last couple of years. And the defense, you know, the hope is that the defense ends up getting better here in Minnesota this season. Offense is ready to rock. You know, they've put more equity into an offensive line that struggled. They got a first rounder returning from last year on the offensive line. And then the skill position players are fantastic. Justin Jefferson might be one of the three best receivers in the league right now. Dalvin Cook is ultra reliable. And uh, Adam Thielen comes back as one of the best uh, touchdown scoring goal line receivers in the league and love, love all of the skill position players. So the offense should continue to play at a high level. They just, you know, they need somebody that's going to, that's going to just not give up games in the final two minutes. And by the way, as, a, as, a, as it relates to that, Mike Zimmer steadfastly refused to have a game management coach on the staff, somebody that in game helps you with key decisions and key moments should I take this penalty? When should I take a timeout? You know, he was a guy that just ran an instinct. Kevin O'Connell's going to have multiple in game managers on staff. And I think that's one reason the Vikings won't give up as many leads at the ends of halves and games.
0: Uh, not, th- doesn't feel threatened, unlike uh, apparently it sounds yeah. like Mike Zimmer was. Obviously, uh, your connection to the K fan up in Minneapolis, you know, uh, Ben Lieber, the uh, sideline. I do. Reporter, former player, uh, do you buy into what he said the other day that Mike Zimmer did not like Cousins?
2: 100% fact. They did not get along. They communicated rarely. And, um, and, you know, and you don't need to be best friends. I mean, that's not what, you know, that is not what you want that relationship to be like. But you also don't want to have a coach who actively dislikes you. And I think that's where we were. And, you know, Zimmer was a curmudgeon. And, you know, once the uh, – what Ben Lieber had reported earlier in the offseason was once Zimmer was gone, Kirk Cousins in a with a veteran team meeting and the new leadership of the Vikings um, rallied the team in a way nobody thought that he could because now he, now he was able to do it with Zimmer gone. And he said things that needed to be said to players who needed to hear it. And we think that Kirk Cousins is going to make a big step forward in leadership now that he doesn't have head coach who is who is almost rooting for him to fail
0: huh wow
1: uh we are joined by paul charchian you can follow him on twitter at paul charchian he is a must follow when it comes to fantasy football can you give us a little preview which players will you have your eye on this
2: season i'm going to give you one player at each each of the key positions that i think you should target especially based on where you where you will be drafting them in your fantasy league let's start with quarterback joe burrow currently going in the fifth round nobody wants him in fantasy because he doesn't run very much but he could throw for 40 or more touchdowns he threw 34 last year the great receivers I mentioned earlier the great offensive line um, when you get into the 40 touchdown territory you're you know you don't, I don't need you to run you know you're gonna have a great season anyway and I think he could make up six more touchdowns than he had last year running back how about Baltimore's JK dobbins currently being drafted in the fifth round? He says he'll be ready for week one. He disputed yesterday Ian Rappaport's report that he's not going to be ready for the start of the season or may not be ready. He came back and told him to jam it because he's going to be there on day one. I love that. And he'll be 13 months removed from his ACL injury, so he's going to be in a good spot by the start of the season. Guys, usually, that time frame, people are almost always playing, and you get the lead back in the league's most run-heavy offense. And as a reminder with J.K. Dobbins, before his injury hit his rookie year, before the lost season, He was six yards per carry as a rookie, and he scored a touchdown in in each of the final six games of that year. He is a good player. At wide receiver, Amari Cooper being drafted in the fifth round. Can you name another wide receiver on the Browns? That whole passing offense is going to go through him. Yes, it's a Jacoby Brissett passing offense for all or much of the season, but still, Jacoby Brissett was able to get Jalen Waldo to 100 receptions. So can we give 100 receptions to Amari Cooper? And what would a a guy as talented as him look like when he's not competing for targets like he always was in Dallas? So I like Amari Cooper for a big jump up. And lastly, a tight end. Zach Ertz. He was tight end five after the trade to the Cardinals last year. Going off the board right now in fantasy drafts as tight end 12. I don't know why. His average game as a Cardinal was seven targets, five receptions, 52 yards, and almost half a touchdown per game. Those are good numbers. And the Cardinals lost the second most targets in the offseason. So there's a lot of balls to go around. 258 vacated targets on the Cardinals. Those balls have to go somewhere. Zach Ertz is going to see a lot of those.
1: Charch, are you buying the hype with the Philadelphia Eagles, especially Jalen Hurts? You know, he kind of he checks a lot of boxes for conversation here. Fantasy purpose, I'm sure he's being drafted high. MVP's 25 to 1. Eagles win total's pretty high. They add A.J. Brown. What, what do you think in terms of Hurts year two as a starting quarterback in Philadelphia? Eagles hype, are you buying it? Because, you know, there's a lot of people who believe he takes a leap. The Eagles and, and he could be both really good this
2: year. Um, I, I I love the Eagles, and I think they're going to win their division, but it's not because of their quarterback. I just love all the offseason additions that this team made. I thought it was great move after great move, and I love their draft with Jordan Davis blocking up the middle and and, look, and looking like somebody you're never going to be able to run against. Love that pick, and they got Nicobe Dean cheap late, Cam Juergens, uh, to improve their offensive line. And then, of course, A.J. Brown that you mentioned. And on the back end, by the way, secondary got better as well. Um, I like uh, a number of additions, including James Bradbury, a fantastic addition. Giants didn't want to cut him. He goes to, goes to Philadelphia. This is a really good team. I just need Jalen Hurts to not give away games. I don't need him to be a superstar. Let your, let your great players be great. And I think Jalen Hurts gets better. I wouldn't consider him at MVP because we don't. he just hasn't passed well enough to be that guy. I wouldn't consider him in that kind of conversation. But I, I love the offseason that the Eagles had, and I do think they win the division.
0: Uh, church, we talked about it a lot last year, you know, that I, I was all in on the guillotine once I gave it the yeah. first chance and I ended up being in like four of them. So it's already in the works. Oh, right. I'm, pl- I'm planning it out. I, I quit two of the leagues that I was in last year. Cause I'm like, I'm going all guillotine. If my oh, team's no it. good, I don't have time for this, but uh, <laughs> can, can you, exp- can you explain for people that go on the site and, and they're interested in what we're talking about? the different kind of kinds of leagues there are there's last man standing there's final four i saw a zombie i, I didn't know what that one was is that something yeah you know? we have a
2: zombie mode now so for people who don't know the guillotine league concept at, instead of playing head-to-head you start with 18 teams and instead of playing head-to-head each week the low scoring team gets cut and all of their players go to the waiver wire where it's total pandemonium now like you know okay you know here comes Justin Herbert and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. There's a whole roster of players hitting the waiver wire. It's craziness as for all the bidding. And then you've, you've got to figure out when you push in your chips and how much to bid on all these great players. And Joe, you mm-hmm. saw it. And you lasted a long time, by the way, last year. Well done in your first year. Um, and so that's the premise of it. You're playing to just not be last any given week. And it's a very different strategy than playing to try to be first. And um, it gets to use your mind a lot of different ways. And... Then we added zombie mode because some people don't want to ever get cut. And now instead of getting cut, you join a zombie horde trying to take down the human survivors. It's a new way oh. to, play where you get to play for 18 weeks. And all the players, all the people who would have gotten cut are all now part of a zombie horde conspiring together to take down the humans by the end of the year.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that sounds fun. Can you give us some strategy tips for our listeners that want to join and how they join your guillotine league if they are interested?
2: Guillotineleagues.com is where you can uh, play. We have private leagues, public contests, zombie mode, lots of different ways to play. The biggest tips are you're you're playing to not lose. You're not playing for upside. So a guy like Chris McCaffrey is a, an enormous upside player, but we saw the last two years, the downside is so great on him that you can't risk it. All You're really trying to just not be last in any given week. And if you've got a bunch of high risk, high reward players, and those players all in the same week have bad weeks, Then you get cut and you're out, your season's over, and you're moving on to something else. So you're really, you're prioritizing safe players. And, you know, an example, you know, some of you are in Chicago, Justin Fields, super dangerous player. You know, if he does, if he runs, great. And if you're relying on his arm in a game, maybe that ends up being a zero touchdown game. And that's kind of how you get cut. So we're looking, we're, we're emphasizing players that have predictably good performances.
1: Great stuff, Paul. You know, we always appreciate it. We'll check out the site, we'll be playing, and you know we'll catch up soon. Paul Charchin on the Roman Guest Line, get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for EDL from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash On the other side, we'll look at Coach of the Year odds. We'll see how many Aaron has in her portfolio by the time we get to opening week of the season. That's next on the Beck Network. <laughs>